0: From beach towels to tea towels, and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT.
1: Well, hey there, and welcome to the Misty Winston Show here on today's News Talk. Thank you, as always, for tuning in to hang out with me. You know I love you. You know I appreciate you. Uh, Don't forget to check us out now on video. Uh, If you're not already, YouTube, Rumble, all of the things. Uh, Go check it out. Subscribe, like, share with your friends. Let everybody know. Help us get the word out that we are now, in fact, also offering video service. It's cool. I love it. It looks great. Uh, The team worked unbelievably hard, y'all. I just sit in my chair and I talk. That's all I do. The team behind the scenes did an unbelievable amount of work to bring you that video service. So definitely take advantage of it and share it with your friends um, so that they also know that it's out there and available. It is fantastic. So, okay. Also happy Thanksgiving, obviously to my American friends and anybody else who happens to be celebrating. Um, I am currently in need of a nap. (laughs) <laughs> maybe like some dessert and a nap. That would be that's gonna be in my near future. Although it's kind of late for a nap. So maybe I'll just um have some dessert and then hit the uh hit the bed early uh tonight. I'm very tired. I am very tired. Turkey does that though, that's what they say. Um, okay, so a couple quick things before we dive into the show. First of all, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I am dying to watch it. Finkelstein was on Piers Morgan. I am so excited for this. Um, I'm a huge fan of Norman Finkelstein, have been for years. Uh, he is and has been in really the preeminent uh, Jewish voice against Zionism for a very long time. I mean, he has been uh, in the trenches on that fight for decades, really. Um, And he is one of the most powerful voices, um, in my opinion. Dude holds no punches. He is not afraid to say anything. And Piers Morgan gets on my nerves. (laughs) He's awful. Um, He uh, is currently on Twitter today pretending as if it's not a genocide. It absolutely is, y'all. By definition, it is a genocide. So um, I'm very excited to check that out. I'm sure many of you will also be excited to check that out um it's available now I think so I just haven't had time you know with family stuff and everything today I haven't had a chance to check it out very excited though that is uh that's going to be awesome so also um just a couple quick things that I just wanted to mention that I am personally thankful for today I think it's really important to express your gratitude and I don't think you should just do that on a certain day of the year I'm not like a big Thanksgiving person um I try to express gratitude for people all the time um but you know since it is Thanksgiving I just wanted to uh, give a couple quick shout outs to obviously my my family and my friends very clearly um but also to TNT radio uh Mike Ryan who took a chance and gave me I had no radio experience whatsoever uh gave me a chance and uh, uh and put me in there I really appreciate that also uh Rick Munn who is the person who uh recommended me to Mike Ryan uh, for this job and I appreciate him very much as well also he has a show here on TNT and is fantastic um I love Rick Munn I also love his voice he has one of the best voices so uh, definitely check him out although people joke that he needs a translator <laughs> he is a very very thick Irish accent but um and also Luke my producer who is incredibly incredibly patient with me um I am very technologically challenged it takes me um some time to figure things out and uh, uh setting up to video I'm sure he was ready to pull his hair out with me a couple times but he was always very patient with me um also my friend Indy you guys have heard me talk about him many times um he's a friend of mine he runs uh Indy News Network he's fantastic um he also runs my Substack. he helps me with booking he is also very patient with me he is I I could not do life without Indy. He is fantastic. He is so helpful. Um, and so if you are a subscriber to my Substack, that is who you have to thank for that. Eventually I'll probably write some articles over there, but as of now, it's just really guest write-ups, um, so that you can, I think it's really important to make sure that, uh, the information for the guests I have on the show is easy to find. Um, so that's kind of your one-stop shop. So if you hear somebody on this show and you're interested in them and you want to find it and check out their work, that's where you go. Um, and it couldn't happen without Indy. Also, To all of the whistleblowers out there, Um, those are my people, activists, whistleblowers, and journalists. I'm going to tie you all in there. Those are my people. I have a great deal of respect for uh, uh, people who have the courage to stand up and speak out when they see something that's wrong, despite consequences. Um, So thank you to those people. Thank you to the journalists who report on those things. And a special thank you to the journalists who are on the ground in Gaza right now um, and in Palestine in general, in the West Bank and uh, in Lebanon. Uh, Israel is now killing journalists in Lebanon as well. Um, I can't imagine the fear that they must be feeling um, and to have the courage to stay and stand um, strong and to report on these stories while also suffering suffering. I mean, devastating personal tragedies, Um, as we've seen, uh, you know, numerous journalists have had their entire families wiped out and they show up to work the next day to keep reporting on things. And I just have an immense amount of respect and admiration for them. Um, Also, for um, any of our truth tellers out there in media, independent media, um, and also those people who are able to be consistent. Oh, so rare. (laughs) And listen, I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm sure that there are times that I've contradicted myself or whatever, Uh, we're all human. But for those who strive for consistency and who make that effort to um, stick by principle rather than just what's convenient, I really have a huge amount of respect for you. Um, And also my Assange friends, Um, anybody who's been in the trenches, there are many people who have been in the trenches much longer than I have, who have been putting in the work much longer than I have. Um, I have an unbelievable amount of respect for all of you, um, no matter how long you've been in it. I'm not going to list start listing people because i will inevitably forget somebody and then i will feel terrible about it so you know who you are um thank you for all of the work that you're doing it is making a difference significantly um and obviously we have gabriel on the show uh, and i'm sure uh he will also um uh, i'm sure he would also express that uh, gratitude as well because it is uh it's amazing what y'all have been able to accomplish over the last uh 13 14 years or so so thank you to all of you as well okay um and also our friend adam adam ruckus Adam Ruckus, he's our he's our pal uh, he always brings us the news stories every day um uh and uh it's <laughs> he's here on thanksgiving and it's always good to have uh, uh those people who will bring you the stories tell you the truth um and we need more of those people. So and don't forget, you can follow me over on the tweeters at sarcasm stardust. Check out the Substack as I mentioned already, mistywinston.substack.com. Write up for the guests of the day every day so you can find, follow, and support their work as well. And if you would like to shoot me an email, Misty Winston at TNT uh, If you have a guest idea, show idea, you want to rant about something, you have a question, whatever it is, I don't care, hit me up uh and I will try to get back to you. And also do not miss out on a thing. Uh you can down we have a- we have an app, y'all. The- download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or or Google Play so you can listen live to us anywhere anytime it is free uh, to download so uh, and it is available right now uh, and just go and uh, download it onto your phone and then you can carry us around in your pocket uh, and then that'll keep you up to speed right here on tnt radio
0: keeping the commitment 24 7 i come to you for fact i really appreciate what you and your team do today's news talk radio tnt
1: all right a new report by wired has revealed a little known and secretive white house surveillance program who would have thunk it uh that has allowed law enforcement agencies to track americans phone records for over a decade yay more surveillance here with the story joining me now is tnt radio news producer adam clark aka ruckus happy thanksgiving my friend
2: thank you same to you uh yeah yeah. and uh happy thanksgiving to all the american listeners who are tuning into us live right now shout out to you certainly thankful for uh you the listener and to TNT radio and to you Misty so uh I'm happy to be here uh today uh and I'm also thankful for this story because um I'm actually a big fan of Wired I I like their publication I get the hard copy magazine every month true story wow. um but yeah, I, I've, been, I've been following them for a while. Um, but I like this story in particular, and I wanted to bring it to you because for people like you or I, this might actually be old news. You might actually already be aware of this, but most people are not. And nobody has hardly been talking about this for at least 10 years, which is when the last time the, any mainstream publication, uh, I think it was the New York Times that actually broke the news about this way back when. But since then, uh, everybody assumed that it kind of went away. It's been flying under the radar, but uh, thanks to this... Uh, the old news is new news, and I, I believe this type of news should always be the news. Uh, this is thanks to a letter that was obtained by Wired uh, that was sent by um, a senator. That's how this happened. Uh, the letter was written by U.S. Democratic Senator Ron Wyden from Oregon, and it was addressed to U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. And it explained that a program called Data Analytical Services, DAS, I believe it's, it's uh, an acronym or whatever, uh this used to be called hemisphere that's why some people might be like oh my goodness I remember this it allows federal state and local law enforcement agencies to retrieve the phone records of Americans even those who are not suspected of being involved in a crime from what I understand it does this to the tune of like trillions of records every year it's pretty wild law enforcement agencies are permitted to collect the phone record data of individuals suspected of a crime or anyone who has been in contact with someone suspected of a crime, phone records turned over by AT&T to law enforcement agencies can include the name of the caller and recipient phone numbers, dates and times of those calls. You get the idea. In some cases, it can also include location information wire reported. The data collected is not wiretapping, which would require a warrant. And man, who could be bothered with warrants? Am I right, Misty? In the letter, Wyden urged Garland to allow the public release of information tied to the former Hemisphere project. He described it as a, quote, long-running dragnet surveillance program in which the White House pays ATT to provide all federal, state, local, and tribal law enforcement agencies the ability to request often warrantless searches of trillions of domestic phone records, end quote. Uh, here we go. The New York Times exposed to the existence of the Hemisphere Project in September 2013. That same year, the program was renamed. Funding for the project was suspended in 2013 by former President Barack Obama. However, a White House memo obtained by Wired revealed that the local law enforcement agencies were still permitted to directly contract with at and to collect phone record data it never went away it was just kind of renamed and forgotten about funding for the program briefly resumed under former president donald trump in 2017 and paused in 2021 and guess what the biden administration again resumed funding last year according to Wyden. at&t has held on to hemisphere project queries dating back to 1987. He called the program, quote, stunning in its scope, end quote, and questioned its legality. Wyden claimed, quote, although the Hemisphere project is paid for with federal funds, they are delivered to AT&T through an obscure grant program, enabling the program to skip an otherwise mandatory federal privacy review. I have serious concerns about the legality of this surveillance program and the materials provided by the DOJ contain troubling information that would justifiably outrage many Americans and other members of Congress, end quote. Well, here's hoping it does just that, Misty, because that's the only way we can affect change. Am I right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah. I mean, is anyone surprised by this? Not our listeners, obviously. I don't think anybody listening to us speaking right now will be surprised that this is taking place. I just wonder how many times something like this has to be exposed before people um do something about it i mean i am not really sure what that means cuz uh, what can we do we uh are we live in an <laughs> like they don't care what we have to say they do not care what we are um in support of or not they are not interested in all in our opinions so um i'm not really sure what that looks like i'm not going to pretend that i do but i mean it's time and time and time again stuff like this gets exposed i mean the snowden releases um you talked about and i do think it's funny that the uh, the same Year that this was exposed by the New York Times is uh, conveniently the same year that it was renamed. I mean, could they be more obvious? Uh, but there are tons of these uh, programs. I mean, we also had in 2017 Vault 7 with the CIA. That was the largest CIA leak in history thanks to Julian Assange and WikiLeaks, which exposed a myriad ways that they are able to spy on you. And it is horrific. And I just, I wonder if it's just a matter of people being completely unaware because although I'm aware of it, you're aware of it. We're very kind of entrenched in um, Um, that kind of information. And I think that the average American is probably, maybe they've heard, like they probably have heard of Edward Snowden. Maybe they've heard that he exposed some spying stuff or whatever. Um, But I don't, I think that honestly, the average American is probably very um, uh, ignorant. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way, just in that they are ignorant of the the things that are going on. Um, And I think that there's also been a lot of effort put in to convince people that this sort of thing is necessary. I think that there's a lot of people who probably believe that, that, well, I have nothing to hide. That's the whole, uh, you know, that's the whole token shtick, right? Well, if you if you have nothing to hide, what are you worried about? It's not about having something to hide. It's about the fact that they shouldn't have the ability to spy on you in any way, shape, form, or fashion, period. Uh, it's weird to me that that's a controversial thing. It's weird to me that they're able to get away with it. And it's uh, it's weird to me that it's at the extent that it is, because it, this is by far uh, not the only program that, that is taking place i mean they are spying on everything you do your phone calls your emails your text messages your twitter dms your everything you do i mean they know and this is what's frustrating because to me we should have a system where people have privacy and power has full transparency and we have that completely reversed. they know everything about you they know what size shoe you wear where your kids go to school what gas station you prefer what cereal you like they know all of the things about you. And we know next to nothing about what they are doing behind closed doors. And I think that that's a really dangerous precedent that we've set. Uh, and it's, I just don't, I don't see it changing anytime soon, mostly because, as you said, um, they don't talk about it. Uh, there, there's really no coverage of the surveillance state that we very clearly live in. Um, it, it's very rare. I mean, Wired, I think, does some pretty good coverage of it. There's some kind of niche outlets that talk about these sorts of things on a fairly regular basis. Obviously, Obviously, WikiLeaks, when it was uh, fully operational, was exposing a lot of this stuff. And uh, but there's just not a lot of conversations being had about it, in particular in mainstream media, for obvious reasons. So I don't know what it's going to take to get people to snap out of it and recognize that this is not a good thing, Uh, but uh, not surprising at all. But what do you think, Adam? Surely this is fine, right? It's totally cool.
2: Yeah, and I I know how we can fight it, but I'm not so sure if I should say it because I don't want to alarm you, Misty, but (laughs) I think they might be watching and listening to us right now. Oh for wait sure. yeah so was everybody that's awesome um yeah shout out to TNT for this live video stream it's really cool um but they, they if we learned anything from the pandemic and i think a lot of us learned quite a bit actually uh, we learned a lot of things we didn't want to learn about our fellow man um and our governments sad to say they could. There is a way to to bring enough level of awareness to the public very quickly because the mainstream media, the, the whole machine, the, the same machine that we saw, like how many people probably didn't even understand anything about what a virus is or anything came out of that thing. Like basically, we're experts and virus. At least we understand the the narrative that was fed to them. So it could. Why don't we just start feeding the narrative that we feed people is the truth. And next thing you know, everybody knows the truth and acts upon it. I I really think it's possible, but we have to tear down the gatekeepers, which are the the biggest enemy known to the public, uh, the mainstream media.
1: Yeah, for sure. Thank you for saying that. I say that all the time. I think that the mainstream media is easily one of the greatest threats that we face as a species. There's no question about it. Um, All right, y'all. So um, share this information. Uh, with your friends go find this article um I'm sure Adam would be willing to put it in the chats uh or whatever uh share this article ha- if you're at your Thanksgiving dinner right now have this conversation I know I said yesterday maybe avoid politics I don't think this is really political it's not really partisan this is something that impacts all of us so I think it's definitely a worthwhile conversation to be having um it's definitely something we cannot ignore this is a it's it's a horrific I know the term downward slope is uh highly overused I don't know what else to say about it, it that's what it is it's terrifying and it's only going continue to get worse so I mean yeah I mean we just, we just have to get the information out there and uh, that requires having those conversations so thanks for bringing us the story Adam appreciate it as always we will talk to you tomorrow and hang tight we're going to be back with our guest here on TNT Radio.
0: You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I
3: see there's a new trend taking place sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks where you go for a walk without your iPhone without a uh, headset and just alone with your thoughts, apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for a digital company.
0: Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio TNT.
4: She used to dance and dream of a better life, a brighter future, with nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn, to get an education, do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, she dances for the world. Together, we give children in poverty a chance to set their sights high and achieve their dreams. By ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and more. So they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves.
1: Gracias. Gracias.
4: Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio.
1: All right. Our guest today is Gabriel Shipton. Gabriel is a film producer who co-produced the incredible film, it is an absolute must-watch, uh, called Ithaca in 2021. It's an in-depth look uh, and very personal look at the behind-the-scenes fight to free journalist and publisher Julian Assange. Uh, it features both John Shipton, who is Julian's father, and uh, Stella Assange, who is his wife. Um, and it is a really heartbreaking uh, but also hopeful look at their battle uh, uh, to free Julian. So, um, And Gabriel is, in fact, also Julian's brother, and he, himself himself has been circling the globe in an attempt to raise awareness and garner support for uh, Julian's case you can follow Gabriel on Twitter at Gabriel Shipton and also for more information on the Assange case and ways that you yourself can get involved please visit don'textraditeassange.com Gabriel thanks so much for being here
5: thanks good to be with you again nice yeah. to see you
1: thank you it's good to see you as well um so let's start with as always um uh have you spoken to Julian recently and how is he doing
5: yeah, look uh, i went and saw him uh in i think at the end of the end of october i was in uh, in the united kingdom and look he's hanging in there you know he's, he's hanging in there uh he's staying strong um yeah i mean uh, you know i think it's always heartbreaking to see him you know, in, in that prison and um see the way he's been treated and and his you know physical well-being and mental well-being but um yeah he's he's hanging in there he's still fighting
1: yeah i can imagine that that's a really difficult thing to show up uh go through all of the processes that they require for visitation and all of that stuff and then to see him in those conditions um uh it's good to hear though that he is kind of hanging in there um i i don't know I don't know how he is uh managing that. It seems like it's uh he's in an impossible situation. Um so uh what has he spoken about how he feels the case is going? Does he still have some hope um in terms of where we stand right now? I know we're currently waiting for uh that decision uh from the high court on the request for appeal. Um uh is he trying to maintain some positivity on where we're going?
5: Uh yeah, I think you know, he he uh, yeah, he is. And, and that, that keeps him going, really, is that sort of um, the faith that uh, we will prevail, uh, that, that, you know, one day he will be free. Uh, whether uh, I don't know if he has that in, in the U- UK court system, uh, just because of the way that treated him over the last, uh, you know, 13 years, ever since he was first trapped in the United Kingdom. Uh, when 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 they first started publishing the, the the leaks that he's now being prosecuted for the Chelsea Manning leaks, uh, so yeah, I'm not sure that he has faith in the UK legal system, but definitely faith in uh, all those people out there fighting for him. Uh, you know, the political the uh, political campaign is sort of reaching new heights every day. You know, these all these world leaders coming out and speaking for out for Julian and just. The, a few weeks ago the con- uh, bipartisan congressional letter to, to 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 biden you know calling on on biden to drop the charges against julian so uh i think there is a an amount of faith in that process but uh you know the, the uk legal process i don't uh you know he fights uh he keeps fighting but uh, i don't know whether you know he has um you know faith in that 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 we will prevail in in those courts but he's still he has one more chance in the uk courts uh they uh, have submitted a cut down appeal uh, and are waiting for a hearing to be called an in-person hearing and at that hearing uh it will be before two high court judges and they will either give uh, leave to appeal uh and set another date down the track where they can um, have a hearing on all the appeal points or they'll reject uh, reject the appeal and if they reject the appeal they'll order the extradition uh, and that's it for the for the uk uh, legal proceedings uh, interestingly though uh, the high court judge uh, the chief justice burnett who ruled uh, against julian uh when when he applied uh to the supreme court and also in the high court judgments uh he is now gone has retired so those uh, judges who uh, were ruling against Julian Snow and 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 Burnett have both been moved on or, or retired. So it's a bit of a different makeup in the UK, which gives gives us a little bit of uh, you know optimism in in the UK proceeding, particularly after the uh, decision uh, with the Rwanda the processing of refugees in Rwanda. The UK courts decided that uh, that refugees who arrived in the United Kingdom could not be processed uh, in in a, in a third country, in Rwanda, because of the treatment or the further degradation of their treatment that they might receive once they arrive in that third country. So that, that sort of uh, gives a little bit of insight of to how the UK courts are thinking about uh, transferring prisoners or transferring yeah. people to places where they might uh, undergo further degrading treatment.
1: Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. I think that um, uh, I agree with Julian and yourself. I don't know that the UK court system is going to offer any, any sense of justice whatsoever. I think that that's been uh, made abundantly clear, but Um, I also agree that there are, um, you know, millions of people around the globe who are uh, working to bring awareness to his situation. um, And they're very impressive people um, who are doing a ton of work. And we're we're starting to see some of the rewards from that, which I want to talk talk about here. Um, So let's take a quick break and get some headlines. We will be back here on TNT Radio.
0: And here's the news. Extra, extra TNT Radio News.
3: For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Israel and the Hamas terrorist group will start a four-day truce on Friday morning with the first batch of Israeli hostages released later that day. The agreement, the first in a near seven-week-old war, would begin at 7 a.m. local time and involve a comprehensive ceasefire in north and south Gaza. The rescue of 41 construction workers from a collapsed highway tunnel in northern India could happen later Thursday after nearly two weeks of digging and delays.
0: Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio.
1: All right. We are here joined by Gabriel Shipton, who is the brother of journalist and publisher Julian Assange, who is facing extradition to the United States and 175 years in the U.S. prison system, which is... An unbelievable tragedy. Um, So you mentioned there briefly uh, that the political situation regarding your brother's case has really, there's been multiple developments. And you mentioned uh, the recent uh, bipartisan congressional letter uh, to President Joe Biden uh, signed by 16 members of Congress and truly bipartisan, Gabriel. I mean, we're talking uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez both signed on to the same letter, which I think is a fantastic sign. Um, uh, It really does show uh, uh, how it does impact everybody equally. Um, So, But that letter is coming off, uh, it's coming on the heels of the Australian contingent, the Australian Parliament uh, members who came to the United States to meet with various different members of Congress. How much impact, um, uh, obviously it had a tremendous amount, but how much impact do you think that uh, that visit uh, to the United States by those members of the, the Australian Parliament had? And do you think that we're going to see even more members of Congress eventually sign on to that letter?
5: Well, I mean, the, the visit from those Australians, uh, I think, had an enormous impact. Uh, it was hugely powerful in showing uh, US reps, you know, that, uh, you know, what can be done um, with, you know, uniting people, uniting people of different political stripes who came together. The, the delegation was six, six people from every sort of political fraction uh, in in Australia you know you had people on the far right the far left uh people in the middle conservative uh conservative left you know sort of left of center type uh, people so it was a real mix uh, mixed bag and I think that showed congress people that you know that they can get together and work together on this issue um and interestingly you know one of the leaders of you know one of the leaders of the letter um Jim McGovern uh, you know, we were having a lot of trouble getting meetings for for this uh, parliamentary delegation. But I was on the, I was catching the train from New York to Washington, and I was sitting in the coffee cart, and I saw, uh, you know, I saw this guy walk past with a congressional pin, and I thought I know who that is, like I know that person. And anyway, he turned around and was Jim McGovern, and I I just jumped in front of him and said, look, we've got this delegation coming. Will you meet with them? And uh, he said, yes. And he said, look, I've, I'm, I've ignored this issue for too long. He's, he wants to get involved. He wants to lead on this issue. And now you have, um, you know, a, a letter led by Jim McGovern and Thomas Massey. Uh, so I think it's um, a little bit of luck, but also having those, having that delegation over there was very powerful uh, in getting these people to, to act uh, and do things like this letter. And potentially a resolution that that's coming up as well so uh the the political wheels are, are turning uh a lot faster than they were um you know before september
1: for sure yeah and i first of all, that's fantastic that you took that opportunity uh, to kind of not confront him, but really just uh, broach the the subject while you had him in front of you. Um, And I think that also, as you mentioned, uh, uh, the the UK court system is obviously not going to be a place where we can anticipate a lot of, uh, you know, justice from uh, very clearly. But um, uh, the the fact that there is a kind of uh, cross-partisan contingent in the Australian parliament, I think, is a huge testament to the work that the activists have done there. Um, I am somebody, that loves to give credit to those people as often as possible. I think they do amazing work. Um, I'm sure you feel the same way. Uh, but that's that's really what it takes, I think. Uh, and I'm sure maybe you can agree or disagree. But um, I think that that's really what it takes is it takes, uh, you know, you taking the opportunity to have that conversation with Jim McGovern. It takes people like those in Australia who have been putting in the groundwork, uh, lobbying their politicians and elected officials um, and really just kind of uh, uh, forcing it on them. Because I think a lot of politicians, in particular in the United States, have been afraid to even take a stand on this issue because it has been somewhat controversial. Um, it shouldn't be. It's a very clear-cut uh, First Amendment issue, in my opinion, um, but it has been made so controversial that I think a lot of politicians have been afraid to even touch it. Um, and so at now, I think if you would have told me, I mean, even just uh, you know four and a half years ago when Julian was first arrested or really kidnapped out of the Ecuadorian embassy, uh, that we would have a congressional letter signed by 16 members of a bipartisan group of people I probably would have laughed. I would have thought there's no way that that's possible because of the, uh, the kind of political environment that we're, that we were in and are still in. Um, But I think that that just really speaks to the importance of the issue and also the incredible work that activists have been doing. So we have to take another quick break, but hang tight. We're going to be back right here on TNT radio.
3: With his expert analysis and opinion.
0: This is TNT radio's Timothy Shea.
3: Adam Johnson and Matt Petgrave squared off last month in an elite ice hockey league game in England. During the game, Petgrave slashed Johnson under his chin, and Johnson quickly bled out. That's not the real story, however, as horrific as it might be. The real story is how the manslaughter charges against Petgrave, which were handed down this week, are being reported around the world. Man charged in ice hockey death. Man charged in Adam Johnson death. Not murder, death. And not Petgrave, man. Why would the media downplay this event? Oh, did I forget to mention? Yes, Johnson is white, and Grave is black. And you can be certain that if the roles were reversed, we would have had days of rage, we would have had cities burned down, we would have had marches and protests, we would have had boycotts of the ice hockey team involved. But no, Johnson's white, so bygones. This double standard must end. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea from TNT Radio.
4: Many pollution sources can affect the air you breathe. From power plants and vehicles to dust and wildfires, knowing more about local air quality can help you protect your health. If you're thinking about buying an air sensor, EPA has a series of videos to help you get the most out of it. Learn how EPA collects and uses regulatory data, how EPA communicates health messaging, and how to interpret the readings from your sensor. Visit epa.gov/air-sensor-toolbox.
0: You're with Misty Winston on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. TNT.
1: All right, we are here joined by Gabriel Shipton, who is the brother of journalist and publisher Julian Assange. Um, uh, So I also wanted to ask you, obviously, last week was the start of the lawsuit uh, with the four defendants against the CIA and Mike Pompeo. That's obviously a very interesting case, um, uh, aside from how it impacts your brother's situation. Um, It's, I think, really the first case that we've seen where this kind of argument is being made, where American citizens who were outside the United States were spied upon their Fourth Amendment rights were violated. Um, uh, What do think about that case uh it seems as if it might be promising the judge was willing to kind of um uh let them step back and reformulate their uh argument um uh, what do you think that that's going to have uh, an impact on uh what's happening with your brother
5: yeah uh, i i certainly do uh you know knowing i think yeah i, I think i think it will um you know these sort of legal mechanisms um that are available uh to go after the people who have persecuted julian or, or been involved in these sort of outrageous. Uh, outrageous spying and 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 uh while he was in the embassy uh i think it sort of you know puts that out if, even if it's not successful it puts that out there that there are appealing people willing to fight back for their rights and and that that really should keep those you know the people in power a little bit in check right that they know that they can't just get away with these things that there are people out there who are willing you know to stand up uh to fight for their rights uh and defend their rights um so i think i think it will have an impact on julian's case and you know potentially uh you know on the future if they they try and do these get up to these sort of shenanigans again um yeah. down the track so uh i think it's important in that sense as well you know establishing that precedent those fourth amendment rights are protected uh and yeah i think i think it will have a, it will have an impact it, uh, it will have an impact on the case yes
1: Yeah. And I think if nothing else, it kind of lays the groundwork and also it just brings a level of awareness to the things that were going on, the the ways in which not just Julian were spied, was spied upon, but every single visitor that he had in the Ecuadorian embassy, including we need to make clear again, and I know I say this all the time, but his conversations with his legal team, which in my opinion that alone should be enough to have his case thrown out a window and lit on fire. That's an obvious violation of his rights, um, and it makes a fair trial a complete impossibility. Right? I mean, there's just no way when the person you're going uh, into court against has access to your conversations with your defense team there is no uh potential for a fair, tr- fair trial right
5: yeah that's right it's um yeah it, it, you know, like it's there's it, it corruption at, at every level of this uh of julian's persecution and you know how how the how the even the, how the prosecution came about you know um that's been reported on that, that emanated from within the cia you know they wanted to kidnap him but they didn't have any charges so they brought these charges down and so on and so on and i think it really points to a period where uh you know these institutions were out of control there was no one checking them there's there, there was no check or balance on them at all uh, and and uh, I, I think that's sort of coming you know will slowly hopefully um you know change back back to i don't know some sort of semblance of normalcy uh with with people fighting back like with this cia case um and with julian's case because don't forget you know this the case about the is about the fourth amendment but julian's case is really about the first amendment and not just julian's rights uh to freedom of speech but you know all americans rights to know um you know because the first amendment is not just a your right to speech but it's also your right to listen to that speech and, and hear that speech as an american so Uh, I think these cases, these movements fighting for these rights, uh, you know, are very important, particularly at the moment you're seeing with all the Twitter files and and sort of, um, you know, the the sort of hand-in-glove work between uh, the government and these social media organisations and these sort of new style cutouts, these new style censorship cutouts uh, who are working to, um, you know, uh, sensor and grade different truths out there. I think it's it's even more important now than it ever has been.
1: Oh, for sure. I think it's done nothing but get worse. I mean, uh, which is really frustrating, because we've, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, before you came on today. But the the surveillance state um, has been exposed so many times. And it seems as if every time it's exposed, it's, you know, that people talk about it for, you know, a couple days, and then it just kind of gets uh, pushed to the backside, pushed to the back burner, and people just kind of forget that it ever took place. And uh, every time that happens, um, it, it is only then allowed to get worse and- to continue to uh, uh, grow bigger. And so now we have a situation where uh, they're spying on literally everything that we do all the time. Uh, and it's uh, it's very frustrating because it didn't have to be like that. It didn't have to get that bad. And yet here we find ourselves. So, uh, yeah, very frustrating. And I'm glad that you brought up that it is um, uh, obviously the CIA case is much about the Fourth Amendment. Um, but with your brother's situation, and I bring this up all the time, um, it's not although it is important to fight for Julian himself. He is a human being. He's a brother. He's a brother. father he's a son he's all of those things he's a friend um and what's happening to him is atrocious and it is uh incredibly unjust um but aside from that people really need to look at the bigger picture and frankly be selfish because um this really does impact as gabriel just said um it's not it to me and i i realize it sounds a little bit dramatic i frankly don't think it's possible to be too dramatic about this uh for me this case is kind of the front line for everything because it doesn't matter or what you care about, whatever your issue is that you are most passionate about, whether it's education or the environment or anti-war or whatever, it doesn't matter. You cannot fight if you cannot speak. And really, uh, the case against Julian represents um, our right to speak, to know, to educate ourselves and others, to have conversations. Um, All of that is very quickly being stripped away from us. And um, uh, I think that that's really the point that a lot of people are missing. Would you agree that 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 kind of uh, the broader picture, I think, has really uh, been lost here?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you yeah, know, absolutely. I think the pe- the people who are pursuing Julian would like, uh, you know, nobody to know uh, what they get up to. You know, with their with their tax dollars in, in their name, um, they want to continue on uh, with these sorts of shenanigans, these sorts of uh, uh, corruption. You know, funneling uh, billions of dollars through Afghanistan, funneling billions of dollars through Ukraine, and now the Middle East. Uh, you know, and distributing that to the sort of global uh, tra- or the transnational security elite, as as Julian puts it, that they want to continue that status quo uh, and keeping everybody ignorant about that and about the real reason for these wars uh, is is their goal. Uh, and you know, if if you know, it's that famous saying Julian says that you know, if if wars can be started by lies, then peace can be started by truth. Uh, and if we don't know that truth, um, then how can we ever have peace
1: right yeah and how I mean how can we fight for anything it, I mean it really doesn't matter what it is uh we can't fight if we can't speak so uh you you touched on briefly a little bit uh earlier w- uh, where the status of the case where it stands now um something I'm always curious about as an activist who's been pretty fairly engaged in this fight uh for some time now what where would you suggest that we focus our energy at this point where where can we best, Uh, where can our time and energy best be placed in order to put the most pressure? Um, I mean, obviously I'm an American, so I feel like, Uh, And maybe you would agree. Obviously, I think that um, uh, contacting elected representatives, encouraging encouraging them to um, also sign on in support of the McBride or I'm sorry, the uh, McGovern uh, Massey uh, letter would be uh, hugely beneficial. Um, But what are some other things that people can do? Because I often when I speak to people, I often uh, hear people say, well, I mean, what can I do? I'm just I'm just one person. And uh, we hear that a lot. Um, So what I mean, what would you say is the best use of our energy at this point in the case?
5: Well, I I think, so, you know, first of all, uh, with the McGovern-Massey letter, uh, there was a hugely successful um, grassroots calling and writing campaign that went along with that. Uh, You know, the the activists all over the United States were calling their uh, representatives, encouraging them to sign off, and that really had an impact uh, on, on that letter and was part of getting so many to sign on, particularly at a time when, uh, you know, it was just when this Middle Eastern crisis was breaking out, um, and, and there was no speaker in the house, uh, so it was a particularly uh, hard time to cut through. Um, and I and I think we would have got a lot more signatures on that letter if if there, if it hadn't been uh, such a tumultuous time. But um, it was a credit to the activists and 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 people doing the calling campaign that really made a difference uh, difference there. So. These small actions, they they can really work. I encourage people, I think, to do things locally. Uh, you know, um, it's sometimes uh, it's sometimes you know phoning in and, and not seeing results and doing things like that. It can be it can be a pretty hard slog, um, and, and I really encourage people to do things uh, locally. You know, you know, hand out flyers at a market. Um, uh, speak to your neighbours. You know, form groups, find like-minded people, share good information with them, and um, you know, form local community around this issue that that um, you can support each other together um, to do, do actions like those fa- fabulous banner drops that all uh, went around the country um, earlier in the year. Those were the, those little communities all around the country coming together um, to do those actions. So, I think that's really important. You know the um, I think Julian said the sum of uh, this the democracy is the sum of our resistance. and so getting getting our resistance together and 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 building it together, I think is really important. so you're getting getting amongst your community talking about it, finding like-minded people, um getting together and then coming up with local actions in your community, I think is really important
1: for sure. And what the great thing about that is is there's already. Uh, Numerous little pockets of communities All across the country If you are in the United States um, uh, I'm more than happy to I have a thread on Twitter um, Where if you want to contact me And if you're interested in finding somebody I may already know people in your area But if you want to find somebody in your area um, Just let me know where you're at And I can tweet it out I don't have a massive Twitter following But I've been very successful In kind of pairing people up And getting people, uh, you know Connected with others Who are kind of interested in the same thing Because that's, yeah, for sure I think that uh, those local Getting together and just doing, uh, like, like for example, when we started Action for Assange, it was really about just going around and hanging up flyers. It's just that easy. I mean, just print up a couple hundred flyers, take a walk with your kids, staple them on light poles, and you're done. And it's so, um, it seems so simple, but it really does make an impact. So um, uh, definitely, I think I agree with you that that's uh, those local actions are definitely and those phone calls. I am one. I I I, I don't th- I don't know that phone calls are super impactful um i don't know uh, how much they actually pay attention to what we're saying um but the great thing about them is that um uh, they do have to keep mark of who calls and for what cause um and also they don't take long (laughs) it's a couple minutes Uh, a couple minutes most often you will get like an answering service um uh, a voicemail or whatever uh you just leave a message explaining why you're calling and what you're uh requesting um sometimes you get a human being uh and even then it only takes a couple minutes so definitely a couple really quick easy things that you can do uh to get involved um uh and do you think that um uh the, the situation in Australia, I think for me, has been very frustrating to watch because the Albanese government had lots of big game to talk when he uh, was trying to get elected. You know, enough is enough. Julian Assange should be brought home. All of those things. It seemed as soon as he took office, um, he very quickly backed off of that. And now we're seeing him also drop the ball in other situations. For example, with David McBride, who I'm sure you're very familiar with. He's spoken at Assange events. I know your father spoke at uh, some of his events. You may have even. I'm not sure. Um, uh, it, it, it seems as though they are ve- the Albanese government is very uh, content to just let the United States do whatever they want with Julian. And they also seem to be dropping the ball um, uh, domestically with their own whistleblowers, despite the fact that they are pretending To do these whistleblower protections and uh, uh, all of these other things that are going on, do you think that the um, obviously you have the cross-partisan delegation? uh, There's uh, numerous people who are in that. Do you think that that pressure is also working? Do you think Albanese is going to be pushed uh, to do more? Because I feel like that's uh, uh, that could be a really big uh, benefit if we could get him to you know put some leverage over onto the United States. Uh, There is plenty of leverage to be had. Uh, I feel like that might be also very beneficial, but. Seems as if he's very, uh, uh, very shy to do that.
5: Yeah, I guess shy is one way of putting it.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was trying to be nice. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, like I'm, you know, I've had a gutful of, uh, you know, this government and and the carry on about Julian. You know, they've, they've been saying for years that they're going to do something about it, but Julian's situation has never changed. Um, yeah, and so I'm quite. Uh, I'm quite vocal when I'm doing media and things about you know wh- wh- where I think the government should go and what they need to be do- doing. I don't think the Prime Minister hasn't asked uh, Joe Biden uh, to release Julian, hasn't asked directly, hasn't asked formally. Um, and, and I think that's what needs to happen next, is that's what the government needs to do. Uh, he needs to grow a pair and just ask the president to let Julian go. Do me a solid and, and let this guy go uh, because otherwise come, you know, we've got an election coming up uh, in, in, in a little bit of over a year and it's going to hurt the Prime Minister if he hasn't uh, been able to follow through on, uh, on this issue. Um, you know, he's, had, he's just lost a, a large referendum here in Australia on, on Indigenous rights and so, you know, he's sort of chalking up all these losses. He needs a win. And yeah. um, you know, asking Joe Biden for a solid uh could deliver him that win and uh and and you know, um give him some goodwill with the community here in Australia.
1: Yeah. And so if you are in Australia, that's a good place to put some pressure. Um, I think that it is ridiculous that he hasn't been more forceful, uh, especially given the polling coming out of Australia. There's some somewhere between like 80 and 90% of the Australian public supports Julian Assange's release, immediate release uh, and being mm-hmm. brought home to Australia. So there is absolutely no reason why Anthony Albanese, other than just pure cowardice um, and his uh, inability to stand up to his American owners, essentially, uh, that he will not do that. So yes, I think that you're right that that presents a unique opportunity uh, for the people of Australia to put some pressure on, especially as you move closer to the election. Um, so uh, for my American friends, my Australian friends, there's some good uh, things that you can do, some good actions you can take part in uh, to kind of move the ball forward. Hopefully um, we can do that soon. Julian should be home with this family. Uh, it is uh, astonishing to me that it's gone on this long. But Gabriel, unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, uh, where can people find you, follow you, find out more information, all of that good stuff?
5: Yeah. So, uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Gabriel Shipton, uh, and you can, uh, you mentioned, um, don't dot if you're in the United Kingdom, Assange defense, if you're in the United States and, um, action.assangecampaign.org.au if you're in Australia for more actions and updates of, uh, what's happening locally and, and around the place. Uh, yeah. Check out one of those sites.
1: Yes. And also, we should mention just really quickly as I roll into the last minute here, there's the the uh, Day X campaign. Um, as Gabriel mentioned earlier, we're waiting for that kind of uh, decision from the courts. Uh, Day X, since we don't have a deadline, a specific date when that's going to come down, that would just alert you to when that decision is made uh, so that we can get active, get on the ground, uh, do the things that we need to do once that happens. So, uh, Gabriel, again, thank you so much for taking the time to come on. I appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime, obviously. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with another show for you. As Julian Assange says, learn, challenge act now and don't go anywhere timothy shay's right after this here on tnt radio